Kaiten sushi. It's really big in Japan. It's a big deal. People love it. Uh, you sit at your table. There's a little conveyor belt that goes by. Sushi's on it. You like the sushi. Take it off. Eat it. Feel good. Everyone's happy. A couple of viral videos, though, may have ruined that for everyone. So in the viral video, it was a young man, of course, and he would lick his finger, and then he would touch some of the sushi that went by, which meant someone else who takes it off and eats it is, of course, ingesting his saliva. But it didn't stop there. There were the uh, bottles of soy sauce, and a young man licked the end of that, so anyone who went to that table afterwards would be using soy sauce that had been contaminated with the saliva of the previous young man. And then there's a little cup. It's covered, and you take off the cover, and there's a little spoon, and it's the green tea, and you put that in, you put in some hot water, you have some nice green tea. Uh, The boy took the spoon from that, and then licked it, and then put it back in. So it's just young men being gross. Three incidences of young men being really gross at Kaiten Sushi. They videoed themselves, they videoed themselves, and then put that online. This is massive outcry in Japan. And the problem is, people think it's gross. Now in Japan, when people think stuff is gross, they'll stop coming to your restaurant. Uh, The company, the main company is Sushiro. And what they want to do is, it's not what they want to do. The main company is Sushiro. They have contacted the police. They want to proceed with criminal and civil charges because this is obstruction of business. So we'll put a little ding up there for another obstruction of business. Uh, It's sort of endangering other people because if you have coronavirus or anything else, because it's obviously in people's mind, if I lick my finger and touch the sushi, if I have a disease, I'm giving you that disease. So that's kind of the problem. Now, the interesting fallout for this is there was a 5% drop in market value of Sushiro stock. Now, it'd be interesting, of course, it's a giant chain. So there's one near my house, there's one near my work. Like, everywhere I go, I could probably find a Sushiro. A 5% market drop for Sushiro is 12 billion yen. Chinese news outlets are actually reporting this story and then people are canceling their trips to Japan. So tourism is being affected by some, I know he's underage because of something that comes a little later. Some underage, like basically a teenager being gross and stupid. But when it affects your stocks, when it affects national tourism, you know you got a big issue. So Sushiro contacted the police. They have security camera. They found the kid. Now, I know it's a kid because they received a direct apology from the customer and his guardian. So you know if they're talking to the guardian, it's not an adult. They're not responsible for themselves. The company plans to continue with criminal in a civil case. So here's the thing. Imagine you're that kid's mom and that you're this company, this nationally famous chain has showed up at your door and said, your kid licked some sushi. It has cost us 12 billion yen. What are you going to do? Because the mom can apologize. The kid can apologize. I can pretty much promise you that kid's not going to do this again. But at the same time, Sushiro could ruin this family forever. 
Like that's it. It could just be like gone. You're done. You, <laughs> they could take all the money you ever have and will make for themselves. It's just that simple. Now there's also Hamazushi, which is a competing Kaiten sushi chain. They called the police because uh, a customer was videoed taking uh, sushi off the thing that had no wasabi in it and putting wasabi in it and putting it back on the thing. So when the people got it, they got um, sushi with wasabi that was not supposed to have wasabi. It's a spicy, so it's a little prank. But then again, I don't know how common wasabi allergies are, but I have no significant allergies other than, you know, like seasonal allergies and I just take some drugs and I'm fine. None of it's life-threatening, but you know, people with peanut allergies and people with other food allergies, like this is stuff that kills you. So this other kid, he's basically on the hook for attempted murder. (laughs) I know they're not actually going to charge him with that, but that is kind of the severity of the thing that's actually happening. So the problem, okay. I hate doing this. I do this every time and I, I got to stop. It's weird instinct, but budding criminals, you have to stop videoing yourself. I understand. I understand that, uh, the clout is what people want to go for. The, the sort of notoriety is what you want, but what you're doing is committing crimes. And if you video yourself committing crimes and put it on the internet, this is how they get attention. And once they get attention, you're screwed. You got nothing left. Because there's proof. They already got this kid because of security cameras. Uh, but videoing it yourself, put it out there. Jade has just posted in, look, criminals being dumb is how the police system works. In Japan, 100% yes. I would actually say investigators in Japan probably do less work than any other country I can see. Because half the time people turn themselves in. The other half, they video themselves doing it and post it on the internet. These guys basically just have to surf the net, go, what's trending which crime is trending today? And then they they just go like, oh, well, let's find out where that guy lives and go arrest him. So the fallout now is they're going to put acrylic shields in front of the uh, sushi thing so you can't touch it easily. They're going to install more cameras so if you do this, you're more likely to get caught. But the fallout really is people are already going like, I don't want to go to Kaiten Sushi. I don't want to go to Sushiro because there is the possibility that some dumb, gross kid has touched my food, which was always a possibility, but it came to light. It came to the forefront when this became national news. And last week, this was honestly 100% number one national news. You work in a prison. And the prisons aren't very full anymore because, you know, crime's down overall. And people in Japan are committing... Actually, no. My last story is about how crime is up, but different crimes. People aren't going to jail as much as they used to. Maybe it's more accurate. So this guy, he's like, "Uh, you know, I got a lot of free time at work. I don't have to, like, abuse prisoners. So I'll bring my PS Vita to work. So the guard brings his PS Vita. Uh, already, weirdly, okay, again, being someone who plays a lot of video games, my first thought is PS Vita. I mean, you don't have a Switch? So the PS Vita, though, was very popular in Japan because it had a lot of functions that, honestly, the Switch doesn't have. You could download TV to it. I actually don't know. My son has a Switch, but I've never played with it seriously, so I don't know what its capabilities are. But the PS Vita, you could download, like, MP4 files to it, and you could watch TV. So this guy, he brings a couple games, downloads a couple TV shows, sits at his desk, Uh, he's playing some games, he's watching a little TV, 
But of course, it's noticeable. He's the guy who's supposed to be doing rounds. He's supposed to do five rounds a day. His reasoning was, I was bored because there were so few detainees. He played games. He fell asleep. He did not do his five rounds. He watched TV saved on the, on the console for at least an hour, probably more. I would assume, if I was the boss of this prison facility, I would assume that if I caught one of my prison guards not doing his rounds, watching TV, playing video games on the clock, that he would be fired. In Japan, it's a warning. I was really shocked by that. Like your literal one job is to watch, to make sure people don't escape. I am playing a video game right now with Mr. Warmhands called A Way Out Where We Escape From Prison. And it was surprisingly easy to escape from prison. It was a couple of really simple puzzles. Had to get a screwdriver out of the workshops and stuff like that. But if there's two people, I mean, I can tell you, getting out of prison is dead easy. I've run the simulation twice and success both times. Even went on a little bit of a shooting rampage at the end of the game. So, you know, prison guards got to be on the ball. The prime minister, one of the prime minister's secretaries. So last week we had one of the prime minister's secretaries. Now, secretary is not like a, a personal assistant kind of thing. It's like, it's like a, a serious job because you're like secretary of stuff. Uh, it was his son last week got in trouble for the scandal of taking uh, a government car around Paris and places and buying souvenirs and stuff. He claimed it was for official duties. Everyone else is saying it was just for him. Uh, that pales in comparison to this dude who is, you got to learn to shut up. So the prime minister's secretary told reporters off the record, he hates to see LGBT people and would hate to have them live next to him. So he was fired. I mean, you want to give some credence to the prime minister. He was like, oh my God, that was a dumb thing to say. Usually in Japanese politics, they say something stupid. The, the government in power actually backs them up and goes, oh, he didn't mean that. Or he was, you know, taken out of context and stuff. This was off the record. So you shouldn't even have heard about it. They make excuses. I actually am going to give Kishida some, some credit because he literally just went, no, nah, you're fired. If Japan recognizes same-sex marriage, people will abandon the country, was another statement he made. Which I was like, I don't actually see how that's true. Because what what are you saying? Are you saying that people born in Japan, if they live around or are with LGBT plus people, they're going to leave the country? Because they're already here and people are not leaving the country. So that doesn't make sense. I struggled with what they were actually saying. So basically this guy's just saying, I don't like it. I think is the short version. It did bring me to a secondary story, though, of some of the hypocrisy that's going on in Japanese courts. Because the Tokyo court upheld a ban of same-sex marriage. But the same court said that the lack of protections for same-sex families violates human rights. So you can see they understand, like, if you are a couple whether you're a man or a woman, a woman, a woman, or whatever, whatever combination you want to put together, you should have fundamental basic human rights supported for you by the government regardless. But at the same time, they're like, but you can't get married. So they, I think maybe there's some confusion, confusion as to what these protections actually are supposed to mean. Because a lot of times, 
My view of marriage is that it's primarily for taxation. It's representation and taxation. You get married for love, that's all great, but that has nothing to do with the government. As far as the government's concerned, two people come together and bring their finances together that changes the taxation or the structure of their finances and taxes should be done differently. It has very little to do with love or gender or anything like that. So my view of the law is actually really simple in that whether you are cis or LGBT, if you form a partnership, it will affect your taxation. Because again, laws shouldn't really be concerned with gender politics in any way. It should be concerned with people and how they live their lives and fairness. And so that being the case, I fully support same-sex marriage and any sort of combinations that are out there. I'm, I'm like, hey man, if you are happy and your partner's happy, I'm actually okay with that. Uh, because what we're really talking about is how you should be taxed by the government when you're talking about a marriage. Marriage ceremonies and stuff, they're all about love. Religious ceremonies, I can't comment on. If they think it's bad, that's up to them. But I would not join that religion. So it's really that simple. But I'm really happy that guy got fired because normally they wouldn't fire him. Normally they'd try to cover it up. Normally they'd try to deflect. And this time he's just like, you know what? Nah, what you're saying doesn't reflect my beliefs and you're fired. I got. Oh, last week we talked about Luffy who was running a crime ring from a detention center in the Philippines, in Manila. And my question was, how does this guy who's in the Philippines, who, how did he get a cell phone and how is he running a criminal organization from the Philippines with just a cell phone successfully? Well, it turns out he had six cell phones. There were four people involved. I think I'm giving too much credit to the Luffy character because his name came to the forefront. But there were four people and they were kind of running this mini criminal empire. Uh, they had six mobile phones and police, when they went and searched their cells, they actually retrieved phones and laptops. So I'm wondering how they got a laptop in without anyone noticing. Or are the prison, prison facilities, the detention center facilities in Manila just that generous? So I found that to be very interesting. I would like to know more about that system. Uh, there seems to be the scams racked up nearly 6 billion yen worth of money. So we're talking about home invasions, we're talking about scams, we're talking about just stealing money from people. It's insane. One of four of the guys may not be deported to Japan. So this week and next week they're trying to deport them to Japan so they can actually answer for their crimes in Japan. But one guy, because he committed assault, is on trial for the assault. And when you're on trial in the Philippines, you can't be deported. You actually have to stay there and, uh, you know, go through your trial. After his trial, he'll probably have to serve some kind of punishment. After that punishment, he could be deported to Japan to be put on trial again for the crimes he's committed while he was in detention in the Philippines. It's incredibly complicated. It's insane that it's actually happening. But there you go. Uh, I will keep you updated. I'm really interested in what happens when he gets to Japan, when the, the, the sort of the main dudes get to Japan and they go on trial. Uh, I would love to have more details about how they were organizing it. It's how they organized it. So I understand the crimes. Home invasions in this case were quite simple. We show up, we pretend you have a package, you open the door, they kick in the door. Uh, maybe they beat up the person, but they just want to steal some money. Scheme-wise, not that sophisticated. But at the same time, simplicity and effectiveness often go together. 
But how did he organize it? It must have just been through social media and stuff. But how do you organize it? How do you get people to do it? How does he collect his profits? If I'm the criminal who's kicked in the door and gotten, let's say, a million yen from that household somehow, what motivation do I have to actually send him his cut? Is a really interesting question. There's a lot of those details I would really like to know about because it's the machinations of the machine they've created that I really want to hear about because it's fascinating that this was as successful as it was for as long as it was from, again, a detention center in another country. Makes it just almost mind-blowing. The first time. So this actually relates to uh, my, my, my verbal gaffe sort of at the beginning. For the first time in 20 years, in 2022, so last year, 9 is 2023 when we're recording this, crime increased in Japan. This is primarily an increase in street crime, but it's up 5.9% from 2021. Now that sounds like crime has shot up uh, over the last year, which is not the actual case. Because every single year since the end of World War II, which is when they recorded, started recording crime stats like this, the number has gone down every single year. So this is just a tiny self-correction because you had coronavirus actually put everyone away. Crime decreased significantly during that time because during that time people just weren't out and about and it was harder to commit street crimes primarily. Now people are out back on the street again. Street crime is more possible more than anything else. Again, uh, opportunity is a big part of crime. So this is up 5.9% from 2021, but we're talking about a, a decline every single year for the last 70 years. So it's just a little blip upwards, comparatively speaking. So I don't think people should freak out. There's a lot of very serious crimes I didn't want to talk about, but I was very interested. Bicycle theft is up 14.4%. So if you ride a bicycle, bicycle is a very common way of transporting yourself around Japan. If you use a bicycle, there's the last year was a lot. Uh, but not surprisingly, ransomware, cyber attacks, that kind of stuff, up 57.4%. Because criminals maybe are shifting from street crime to uh, cyber crime because it's probably more profitable. It takes less investment. There's actually probably less risk at first. As long as you can cover your tracks, it's very hard for people to actually find you. 90% of the crimes we talk about in Ninja News Japan that people get caught, it's surveillance cameras, see them, follow them to the train station, they take the train home, uh, the surveillance, you now know where they live and the police just show up at their house. So again, I'm not talking about like deep detective work, like Jade said earlier. These guys are one step away from turning themselves in if you do a crime in person. So cyber crime, computer crime makes a lot more sense uh, in the current situation. But talking about real life dumbass crimes... We have a man who was walking around a supermarket and he walked out. He, was like, he didn't buy anything. He got really frustrated. So he kicked a glass door and the glass door shattered. And when he was arrested, the police, the, so the staff called the police, manager calls the police and the police show up uh, and, he, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? He goes, I was really frustrated that there was nothing here that I wanted to buy. So I kicked the door and shattered the door. Uh, that is obstruction of business uh, and he's going to be arrested for that I don't think too much is going to happen but I don't know again you didn't want to buy anything so you kicked the door like what level of frustration are you feeling how badly did you want to buy something uh, clearly just a dumbass
takes us into our last story, which was sort of pretty interesting. They do surveys about like consumption habits and sales, and this is all important to uh, to to the government because it all talks about GDP. One of the most recent, I think, last week again on Ninja News Japan, I talked about how fifty percent of Japan's GDP is basically just consumption. It's just people buying stuff. Like it's huge. It's really important that people keep the economy going. People under thirty-five, their propensity to consume is weak, which is really bad for Japan as a country. Because again, Japan's economy survives on the fact that the money is moving around. But why are, this is under 35, so it's technically younger people. I would say mostly people in their 20s. Why are these people in their 20s not spending money? I would go ahead and guess most of them aren't making a lot of money to spend. Everything just went up 4%. And again, I've talked a couple times about my electricity prices doubled compared to last year. I... Not as a young person, but I am spending less money. I am suddenly being way more cautious with my money. I saw a cool little figurine that I really wanted to buy. It was 8,000 yen. I was like, I cannot justify spending 8,000 yen on this figurine. So what are these kids doing with their money? It's a 20% increase of young people saying they want to save for retirement. This is compared to 2007 to 2009. So they do these surveys over a couple of years. So basically, young people are now saying, I have to keep money so that when it comes time for me to retire, I have enough money to retire. I don't want to be working indefinitely in perpetuity because I actually want to have at least some point in my life where I'm not you know, bound to a desk or doing some kind of job. And they're saying that this is the root cause of stagnation of the economy in Japan is actually people, young people, being so concerned and so worried about the future that they're preparing for the future by not spending right now. So this is part of why the government has made a call for an increase in the lifetime wages of people. Because, like I said, I have a job. It's pretty stable. Uh, I make the same money I made last year, though. So actually, my take-home earnings value-wise has gone down 4% because of the 4% increase in inflation. Uh, Electricity and these things have doubled in price which I have no control over. I still have to pay for electricity. So I now have to spend money there. I'm not spending money on something else. That 15,000 yen, so it went from 15 uh, last year in December to 30,000 this year in December. That 15,000 yen is not going into the economy. I'm not buying little figurines or toys or entertainment or stuff to keep the economy going. That's going directly to the power company. They might be building nuclear power plants or something else to make power cheaper in the future. But as an older person, that's not really going to benefit me. Hopefully it benefits these young people who are saving. But they're seeing stuff like this happen. And they're thinking, I need to hold on to my money so I have enough money for the future. And pay does not increase significantly in Japan. So I'm not going to get paid a lot of money. So I need to hold on to as much as I can. That The problem they're not really realizing is that philosophy, that core kind of thinking is going to continue with them throughout the entirety of their life. They're not going to, at 35, suddenly go, ah, you know what, I have enough to retire, I'm ready to go, let's just start spending money. These are going to be a generation of people who do not spend money. And if we don't, like, because of the way the economy works in Japan, if they don't get people to have more money, then they cannot spend money and then you get into this like cycle of decrease where I'm not spending money so companies make 
maybe maybe offer less salary, like salaries go down because products are going down and it just keeps declining as it sees. And then of course I'm making less money so I spend less money and it goes down and down and down. It relates to a very weird different story. I've always, I, the Chinese foreign minister, uh, this is about four years ago, I, he was this amazing guy because he was just so blunt and straightforward. And they said, oh, China, they were interviewing him and they say, China's, investing a lot of money in Indonesia. Why are you doing that? Like, why, what is the focus on Indonesia? And he just looks at them and goes, Indonesian people are too poor to buy our products, so we want to increase their economy enough so they have enough money to buy our products. So then they become our customers. But you can see what he was saying was, there needs to be a fundamental level of wealth for people to be able to spend. So we need to create essentially an economy where people can spend or people do not spend. And it's the same. The Japanese economy almost internally functions very similarly to that. If people aren't making enough money, people do not spend. People need to be rich enough to spend money to increase the economy. And if they do that, then it will build up and up and up. It's the reverse cycle of what I was just talking about. I am interested to see over the next year or two how many companies actually increase their wages. Because I honestly believe a lot of them at this moment cannot. It's not that they wouldn't. It's just that they can't. Uh, and then going further from that, going into the future, how do they make sure that people have enough money so that they can spend money to keep the economy going? Because we got to get, this is like one step away from, we have to just start giving people money to spend. Uh, will that work? Probably not. Because what's going to happen is this generation is like, anytime I get extra money, I need to put it away so that I can retire. Which is one of the bleaker endings. I usually end off Ninja News Japan with like a creepy guy story so I can make fun of him. And sometimes it goes wrong and I feel really bad at the end of the story. But I mean, I'm literally just talking about the demise of the J Japanese economy. I, you can see the solution is actually increased wages. But the reality is most companies probably can't increase wages. I think I just killed Japan.